Alright, what is up everybody? Thank you for joining Big Red and Abajet for our 10th episode of In Big Red vs. the World. Um, little special special uh, occasion there, hitting double digits. Um, <laughs> just want to thank everybody that's listened to at least more than three. Um, just for, you know, keeping up and... Uh, Shout out! Shout out some of the some of the fans that have been uh, getting in touch with me in person and stuff, and giving us props. Uh, but we've been working hard to improve every week, and so here we are in episode ten. Uh, only only going to be climbing from here. <laughs> yeah. Also, shout out to uh, everybody who hasn't watched or listened to three episodes. Uh, you still appreciated too. So. Yeah, you you, you got to get that appreciation from Antha because <laughs> I'm only here for the diehard fans, you know. Um, <laughs> just kidding, we love y'all, but, um, anyway, we're, got a good little show for you, it's gonna be a little bit shorter than, uh, some of our ones in the last few weeks, um, we're gonna touch, we're back on the Raiders, um, but this time the Raiders are full fire sale mode, uh, <laughs> last week Ant, Ant predicted it, um, but it hadn't happened yet, and, uh, but it's there now, the dumpster fire is burning, in Oakland, it's about to be shipped to Las Vegas, so we'll uh, we'll touch on that quite a bit. And then uh, from there, we're going to talk about some of the internal beef among Lakers fans, um, just kind of some of the turmoil that uh, signing LeBron James to the Kobe-encrusted franchise. Um, we'll get a little bit into that and. Some of the things going on between uh, some all-time Lakers fans and then the new LeBron fans. Uh, and then that'll wrap it up. Like I said, it's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode for us today. Um, so without further ado, and you want to take us through a little timeline of the Raiders situation? Yeah, so this uh, most recent Ra- Raiders dumpster fire started way back in 2002 with the uh, tuck rule game. Um, for those who don't know, Charles Woodson, clear fumble on Tom Brady, but tuck rule, bad bad times. Um, <laughs> after that, Gruden and the Raiders part ways. And then that next season, Gruden beats the Raiders in the Super Bowl as the coach with, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, and then after that, the Raiders are dumpster fire for about 10-plus years. No big deal. And then finally... In 2016-2017 season, they finally make it back to the promised land and make the playoffs with the 12-4 and record. But it comes with a catch because Derek Carr breaks his leg in the last game of the season, or second-to-last game of the season. So then next season, um, kind of injury-plagued. So they miss the playoffs. Jack Del Rio gets fired. Then th- that next offseason, which was this most recent offseason, John Gruden is hired as head coach of the Oakland Raiders, getting $10 million a year for 10 years. And his first order of business is to trade Khalil Mack. So he trades Khalil Mack, gets a decent amount of picks from the Bears, I guess. Could have got more, in my opinion, but it's whatever. Um, then we're uh, starting the season. Raiders end up starting 1-5. and five up to this point and to initiate the dumpster fire well I guess to uh, 
not initiate because the Khalil Mack def trade definitely initiated it, but uh, to signify it to everybody, the Raiders go ahead and uh, trade Kamar Amari Cooper, get another first-round pick. So now Raiders, current day, Raiders are sitting on three first-round picks, one and five record, bottom of the league, um, bottom of the power rankings, all that. So um, <laughs> that timeline established. Uh, what do you got, Jake? Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty disappointing timeline. I mean, it reminds me a lot of, I don't know, a certain baseball team around here. You know, it just seems <laughs> like it's kind of a kind of constant threat of a dumpster fire. Uh, but so, I mean, the, the Raiders situation is difficult. It's, it's, it sucks because he's 2016-2017 season. Derek Carr as an MVP-like season. It seems like the Raiders have turned the corners. They're coming off like a three-win season, and now they're in the playoffs. And then you get to another season, and it's like, oh. Yeah, back to eight, Nate. Derek Carr broke his leg and forgot how to play quarterback? Or <laughs> And so, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, bringing in Gruden was supposed to, I think... I think a lot of fans, that you you being a Raiders fan can correct me if I'm wrong, I think a lot of fans saw the Gruden signing as maybe not a lot of excitement for signing John Gruden to way too much money every year, but yeah. as like, all right, if there's going to be a guy that's going to come in and and kind of like reboot this like young core, so the Amari Cooper, Khalil Mack, and Derek Carr, then you kind of... He's like, all right, we're signing John Gruden to this much money. He couldn't bring us a Super Bowl when we had him before. We traded him and he got a Super Bowl. So, like, let's do this right. Um, and so I think the buzz was kind of like he's going to make this a quick turnaround. There's young talent in place, and it's going to be a quick turnaround, and the Raiders will be back in the playoffs. All it'll take is a good year out of Derek Carr again. I mean, he carried him there last time. Uh, and so I... I think that was kind of the hope when you when you hire John Gruden, especially to a contract that size. Um, but obviously, that's not what happened. Um, and quite frankly, despite every single time that Gruden has said, "We're not trading Mac, we're not trading Amari Cooper, we're not trading this and that and this," it seems to me like more increasingly, like John Gruden came into this job was like, "Man, I really don't like the roster." I was like, it'd be really hard to win with this roster, <laughs> even if we keep Khalil Mack. And so he was like, screw it, I'm going to start the rebuild now. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so he traded Amari, or he traded Khalil Mack, which at the end of the day, I don't think Khalil Mack and John Gruden were ever going to pair together. I mean, uh, he sat there and was like, we don't need you. We're we're going to trade you <laughs> and where they didn't sign him. And so, I mean, I, I don't think they would have fit well, but at the end of the day, Gruden traded him. Gruden's now traded Amari Cooper. There's other names like Bruce Irvin, uh, their left guard, Osmele and, uh, Carl Joseph, safety, uh, Dominique Rogers, Carmarty. There's a lot of veterans on there. They could still be traded with like a look, like I think about a week until the trade deadline. Um, but yeah, Raiders Raiders dumpster fire is a blazing. Um, <laughs> you said it one and five. Uh, I mean, luckily they play the Cardinals and I think the 49ers the rest of the way. So I mean, at least from a fan's perspective, you 
have a chance to see another win. I mean, you, you probably don't even want to see that. You probably just want yeah, to see them lose really, every yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of on the Raiders yeah. losing bandwagon right now. So I, That could be a big matchup, though. I mean, it, I, I can't remember if it's in Arizona or Oakland, but I mean, it's like it could be like the toilet bowl. You know, the yeah. Raiders and Cardinals <laughs> playing for the number one pick. Um, <laughs> who, who can do who can do worse um but so yeah so i mean right now things look bad for the raiders they they just do um but the good news is they still have all those tradable assets and sean gruden has said that everybody's available um and i mean that would include Derek carr except john gruden gave another one of his little I don't really know if I really see us trading the quarterback position. That was that was his denial of trading Derek Carr. Um, so, I mean, obviously, I'd, actually, I don't know what your opinion is. That that might be a good kind of debate question for right after I finish up here. Um, uh, basically, my point is the Raiders have a lot of tradable assets left, and I think that they should do everything they can to trade them. I don't care if they're getting fourth or fifth round picks for some of these guys but like it's tougher to be a full tank in the nba or in the nfl as compared to the nba in the nba it's like let me trade off two or three of my big contracts or take on two or three big contracts and just eat it but uh i don't know i think that the raiders should do pretty much anything they can to kind of like strip the roster (laughs) and get all the picks and assets they can yeah, uh, a lot of what you said is pretty much straight facts. Uh, at the end of the day, um, any realistic like NFL fan or whatever knew that the Raiders weren't really going to win anything significant with the roster that they had. Um, like like you said, maybe like we'd make the playoffs, win a game, maybe. But other than that, what what else, what are we going to accomplish with what we had? Um, but at first, I didn't think it would take a whole rebuild tank strip everything down to <laughs> get uh, to that I don't level think i mean did until it i think <laughs> i think we were a f- we were only a few pieces away on defense and Derek Carr figuring it out from being like legit contenders um so that's kind of it was kind of annoying at first um seeing all this go d- go down but um after the way Derek Carr's been playing and stuff and us getting ending up getting three first round picks for the or we have three round, first round picks this upcoming draft. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of starting to uh, open up a little bit to Gruden, um, even though he's out here operating like he's doing a my GM rebuild challenge. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm definitely at first like it, like he made he made me want to throw up because <laughs> of how how wild he was acting, but. Um, I definitely can see can see his vision, I guess now. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, when it comes to trading the quarterback position, well, I guess first of all, but let's get this out of the way. Um, was Derek Carr crying or no? <laughs> Dude, I <laughs> I feel like no. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Derek Carr, it, the, the dude already looks like he wears makeup. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I I hope he wasn't. I yeah. I, I truly hope that him denying it is facts. Crygate. <laughs> God, dude. Yeah, but um. Anyway, back to that uh question. Should like should the Raiders consider trading Derek Carr? Um, 
So let me so let me set a little think, background. Let me set a little, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. so it was reported that so first of all it was reported that everybody was on the trading block. Then Gruden said that weakly denied that he wasn't going to trade Derek Carr. Like I think we're set quarterback position. It's been reported that the Raiders could get as much as two first round picks for Derek Carr. And Jerome Gruden has supposedly been shopping him around and trying to get like gauge the level of interest. Um, that's where the two first round picks projected came from. Um, and he's been doing that for like the last week and then he denied it. But anyway, the two first round picks is kind of the important thing. So if two first round picks are on the table, are you willing to trade Derek Carr or is that plenty? Is that, uh, is that like right where it needs to be or would you take less for Derek Carr? So just kind of a, do you trade Derek Carr, and B, kind of what do you want from him? Or yeah, him? I guess probably two first-round picks is probably, honestly, the least I would probably take for him because he still has a lot of upside. I mean, yeah, he's not been himself the last year and a half, but um, the Raiders have also been pretty chaotic and all that, and especially this year coming into, like, a new system with John Gruden. Um like there's gonna be a learning curve. Like I obviously I don't think it should take six games to figure out, but um I don't know, he still has a lot of potential to be a franchise quarterback. So I think two first rounders is probably the least I would take. And um honestly I don't think we could get more than that because just because of how big his contract is and how little productivity he's been putting out the last year and a half. So I think he's he's more valuable than what we'd be getting on the market right now um, simply because like he does have that MVP potential and I think it's more likely that he'll figure it out again than he doesn't and I mean worst case scenario we'll have like an above average quarterback and if these picks turn out to be anything good which I hope they are and I hope that instead of trying to draft speedy wide receivers um we actually fill out our needs like on defense. So assuming that um, the Raiders front office has any common sense and drafts well, then I think Derek Carr could be, he could be like a Russell Wilson type quarterback in the future. Like um, when the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, obviously not right now because Russell Wilson's better than Derek Carr right now. And Derek Carr can't, I don't think he could ever be as good as Russell Wilson, but um I think he could definitely play that role of a more game, game manager, manager type quarterback, yeah. but like an excelled game manager, you know what I mean? Yeah, so I like I kind of so like a game manager that's willing to push the ball down the field. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, game manager like, that can make things happen, yeah. Yeah, so kind of like a the improved version of Alex Smith really. Yeah. Um I so I I I agree with that. I mean, I guess I'll kind of backtrack to my thoughts on him getting traded um we'll just start with with where you left off i i think that Derek carr absolutely could be successful again um to me i don't know if i necessarily see his upside as so in my opinion alex smith is a good quarterback um I wouldn't wish an Alex Smith-like quarterback on any team. Just because you have Alex Smith, and 
literally like this it's facts your 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 season trajectory is man we're gonna play some decent ball alex smith is gonna look like an mvp for two weeks we're gonna make the playoffs and we're gonna lose in the first round sweet i (laughs) and so i mean it's like yes alex smith is gonna put out consistently good quarterback play all the time Never been close to a Super Bowl. His closest to a Super Bowl is when he's standing on the sideline because a 25-year-old rookie that's not allowed to play in the league anymore stepped up and played better than him for half a season. Um, <laughs> uh, so I think Derek Carr has a little bit more upside than that. Um, than a game manager, I guess. I, th- I think we've seen that MVP potential, and I don't know if he's ever going to get back to an MVP level of play. Um, he's 27 years old. Um, showing one great season, a few mediocre seasons, and then, like, his rookie season was pretty poor. But, I mean, that's irrelevant. I, I think the biggest piece of that is the roster built around him. The The offense has never, never really been, like, geared towards getting Derek Carr all the help he can. I, their offensive line was great. His The year that he was an MVP candidate, their offensive line was great. Um, other than that, I, I, this year and last year, the offensive line has been considerably weaker. Um, I mean, they they originally only pretty much only had a, Amari Cooper for Derek Carr to throw to. Um, Crabtree came on, and Crabtree's a solid receiver, but Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree combined to be one of the least two of the least efficient passing duo in the NFL with all the drops that they had. Um, yeah. And and so, I mean, and then now Marshawn Lynch has been the running back for the last two years, and don't get me wrong, I love Beast Mode. I love what he did for the city of Seattle. He He's not Beast Mode anymore. No. I, he's, he's still, he's, he still is in the sense that, like, he can break off some nasty runs and things, but he's not the Seattle Beast Mode that every defense feared facing. They were like, great, we have to get run over by a truck for four quarters it's it's kind of more like oh yeah marshall lynch he's still hanging around like i wonder how many yards he'll pick up before his career ends um and i don't know if that's a i wouldn't say that's a slight to marshall lynch at all he's around 32 33 and the raiders are bad i'm not expecting him to carry a bad raiders team uh, especially this late in his career but i don't know that's kind of my piece there is i Derek Carr hasn't really had much help around him, and so I think that plays a big role in his struggles, um, aside from his MVP-like season. And so, I mean, from that, I at first when I heard first two first-round picks for Derek Carr I, with the contract that he has, um, I was kind of like, yes, if anyone offers you that, take it. Because um, that would give the Raiders four first-round picks this year and three next year. It would be seven first-round picks in two years. <laughs> like, that's unheard of. And and this might excite you, but the last team that had, like, an extra first-round pick for three years in a row was the Rams. And now the Rams are here. That RGH3 trade way back when with the Redskins is why the Rams are where they're at now. Because you hit on the likes of Jared Goff and Aaron Donald and then and Todd Gurley. Um, if the Raiders can hit on a couple superstars like that, which right now their three first-round picks are in the top 20. Dallas is bad. Chicago's, well, 
I shouldn't say they're bad. Their records are bad right now. Dallas, Chicago's middle of the road, and their record's terrible. They're going to be top five. And so if you had three first-round picks in the top 20, or four if you traded Derek Carr, um, I... I don't know. I am kind of on the trade Derek Carr bandwagon, um, just because he's 27 year old, 27 years old, and he got paid already. He's already got his hundred plus million dollar contract, um, and so I mean, it at the end of the day, it is a gamble because he's had one really good year. Now, if Derek Carr is going to step back up and be great again, then shoot, you have five first round picks to craft a team around him. Awesome, you've already got your quarterback. Um, if there's any doubt in Gruden's mind, though, if they can get two first-round picks for him, if there's any doubt in Gruden's mind that Derek Carr is their quarterback of the future, then they need to just trade him and move on. John Gruden needs to get back to some of the kind of honesty that made him a great coach back in the day and just say, we felt the assets we were going to get outweighs the potential of Derek Carr, basically. Um... Yeah, so I mean, I, it's a tough. I'm leaning, I'm leaning towards trading Derek Carr. Um, yeah, I guess um, touching on that, like where I'm at, I guess I'd say I'm on the middle, in the on the middle line more. I'd say I'm like 55% on the side of trading him. But like I said, like I don't, he still has that. He has the MVP potential. Like you said, he probably won't reach it again. But just having that kind of potential and the potential there. to be like a top 10 quarterback in the league is um, still pretty good, so I don't know. I mean, the time is kind of now to make a decision whether to trade him or not, so that's kind of tough. Like, he doesn't really have – like, there's not really much time for him to prove himself and um, show us that he can play on that level again, which is – it's tough. It's a little tougher to make a decision because of that, so. Yeah, I no, I 100% agree. I mean, it's kind of – it's – the Raiders are going to be bad the rest of the year, so Derek Carr's not really going to get a chance to showcase any improvements. Um, his stock will probably be lower at the end of the season. Yeah. I, no slight yeah. to him, but, I mean, he'll be yeah, older. Yeah, circumstantial. Yeah, he'll be older. He'll play on a bad team all year. Um, and so, I mean, the, just the fact that he, you're, the teams are willing to give up two first-round picks still shows the, like, belief in his potential um to me waiting though all it does is hurt the raiders because yeah. you're gonna keep paying the guy a lot of money um you already know you're bad like you already know your team is bad um and so you're gonna keep paying this guy a lot of money to quarterback your bad team that you've stripped him of all tools to help him um and all you're doing is risking risking injury or Derek Carr even playing worse and then getting even less. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. And I mean, uh, like, I guess at the end of the day, uh, the Raiders have been pretty much irrelevant for the last 12, 13, 14 years. So, I mean, what's another five years on that for them to actually uh, oh, God. Be, be, uh, be good again? Ten years on Gruden's contract, so. Yeah. Know. He's got nine years to figure it out. Yeah. Um, I guess another quick question. Um, how long do you think, like, since we are in rebuild mode, um, if we do end up trading Derek Carr and getting a few more first-round picks, how long How long do you think John Gruden's um, window is, I guess, before 
he ends up getting fired on whether or not the team is good. How how long is his window on success, and how long do you think they'll wait they'll wait around for that rebuild to uh, become something? So I would say he's got by. So if they trade Derek Carr, they're completely stripped, rebuilt. Um, we'll assume that they get at least one first round pick for Derek Carr. Um, so I mean that that'd be at least six first round picks in two years. If John Gruden can take those can take those picks and dra- I would say he's got three years. I would say he has by starting a full rebuild, he's locked himself in for at least another two years, regardless of how they do. They could go 0 and 32. Okay, probably not that bad, but regardless, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, of, they're going to go 131 anyway. They already got one win out of the way, so <laughs> um, he he's locked himself in for another two years. Uh, by doing this rebuild process. So he's going to take this whole year to use up all the many draft picks they're going to have, and then we're going to see how they play and if they pan out. And if if you get two busts out of three first-round picks in his first year, Gruden's going to be more on the hot seat. Um, and then that next year following, where they have, they'll have at least another two first-round picks, if not three. Um, from there this is where you kind of have to start seeing the potential. So those two years, you'll have to start seeing some of those first round picks play like first round picks, play like the superstars they're supposed to be. Um, and if they aren't, then Gruden's going to be on the hot seat big time. And it's going to, there's going to be a kind of doubt in a, his coaching ability and b his player evaluation. Um, but I guess if I, if I had to just make like a, like predictions, um, I, I, I think that John Gruden will be successful. I think it'll be really hard not to be successful with five first-round picks, and that doesn't even include the rest of the rounds. Like I, <laughs> I can't yeah, emphasize I enough. I would, I would agree with that. That um, given the Raiders' draft history, especially with first-round picks, um, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of sketchy for me. Like I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't really make any. Um, predictions like that since um like i've been following the team for years and seeing how our picks have been used and stuff um like it's it's tough for me to have full trust that john gruden is gonna end up turning this around and um like i think for me it's harder for him to actually build something successful than it will be to not like um like disagreeing with your claim i guess um that it will be hard to mess this up. I think it, I think the opposite, uh, given the Raiders' draft history and all that, and their player development and stuff. So, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I, quite frankly, like, I, just out of left field, but quite frankly, I think that John Gruden should just be fired. They should just find someone else to lead this rebuild or. Or basically, let Gruden draft for a year and then fire him. Um, yeah, yeah, I kind of feel that. Give him like a Chip Kelly, the Chip Kelly deal. <laughs> yeah. Let him ship your franchise, get all these picks and stuff, and then once you uh, get some potential, fire him. Yeah. Um, and so, from for for me, like I, it's kind of it. I just really don't want the Raiders to get into a Cleveland Brown situation with Hugh Jackson. So. 
The Browns have been tanking forever. They do a terrible job of it. They have no idea how to stockpile assets. Uh, I, all they do is draft terrible quarterbacks. Um, but uh, that's not really what we're talking about. What I want to talk about is the comparison of a potential like Hugh Jackson situation here. So the, the Cleveland Browns are incredibly talented now. They have a lot of young talent on defense and offense. They have a young, promising quarterback in Baker Mayfield. They have young, promising receivers in Jarvis Landry, Antonio Callaway, um, and running backs in Nick Chubb. Um, so they have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. And they're in close games almost every week. Uh, Chargers blowout aside, they're in close games almost every week. They lose almost every single one of those games. They even lost to the Raiders. And to me, that's not because of the talent. It's because Hugh Jackson is a losing coach. He is a coach yeah. that has never won and is not has not created a culture about winning and doesn't know how. Now, John Gruden knows how. He's won a Super Bowl. He has that under his belt. Um, so he may not. He may have an easier time creating a winning culture. But I still think it's incredibly hard to coach for a year or two and win max three games. Um, I, depending on how revamped the Raiders are next year, I guess they could win four. Um, so, so, but let's say they win five games in a two-year span. Um, I think it's really hard, regardless of the talent you bring in, I think it's really hard to turn that culture around and like viewpoint of you as a head coach. Um, two years into losing constantly... Any, any veteran presence or anyone that's been there for those two years, um, it's going to be a weird transition from a losing football team that goes out and plays hard, never really has much pressure or anything to lose, to a team that wants to compete for Super Bowls, and that's what the Raiders want out of Gruden. Yeah, um, touching on what you are just saying, I mean, the culture is kind of already being established a little bit, like the Hugh Jackson culture, because we got Bruce Irvin saying, at the end of the day, I get to go home to my wife. Like, <laughs> sick, dude. making babies <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's already, like, kind of in the making. I mean, Bruce Irvin is old. Um, I doubt he'll be around long with the Raiders, but still. Like, he's setting that certain kind of tone. Yeah. In the locker room. The kind of conflict between coach and player. And he's not yeah. the only one that's kind of spoken up about it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, fun fact, I guess, when I was researching, uh, Sebastian Janikowski was uh, drafted 17th overall. So, Shut up. Yeah, the kicker so. was drafted 17th yeah. overall. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, like I saw it at first, and I put it in my notes, and then I had to go like double-check to see if I like read it wrong or something. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. my gosh. 17th okay. overall. God. Uh, I mean, as good as a kicker as Janikowski is, I guess that kind of sums up your fear of their five first-round picks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, dumpster fire in Oakland. Soon to be a blazing in Las Vegas. Um, but can the can John Gruden turn the Raiders around? Um, we kind of gave you our piece on all the mess that's going on. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, yeah, you got it. Yeah. Now we're gonna move on into. Laker fans, Civil War. Ant, you want to take us away? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously the Civil War all started when um, LeBron announced that he'd be signing with the Lakers uh, this summer, 
or last summer, I guess I'd say this summer. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it all started. The LeBron's the best Laker of all time claims started the second he signed. <laughs> like, he wasn't even done signing yet. His his pen was still on the paper, and people were saying he's the best Laker of all time. <laughs> the best Laker of all time. And, I mean, obviously that that bothers a lot of not only Laker fans, but, I mean, basketball fans in general. Like, to say he's the best Laker of all time without even playing, is it's just, like disrespectful and just shows like lack of any basketball knowledge I mean um to go off on a little bit of a tangent Nick Wright was uh saying was one of the ones saying that like this is getting paid top money to give a freaking analysis of like an (laughs) eight-year-old but um back to the civil war um it reached its highest point that it has this um season this uh season that's five games in it reached its max height when uh, lebron missed two free throws uh when lebron missed two free throws against the spurs and the lakers ended up losing i mean even like Bron ended up hitting a three to tie it and set it into overtime um but i mean he was just getting slandered on twitter this is where most of the civil war um, was that I witnessed was on Twitter. Um, so Bron is getting slandered on Twitter for missing those free throws. And of course, the 3-6 Mafia comes in with their uh, videos and gifts ready on deck of uh, Kobe and MJ missing two free throws in, uh, in crucial moments of games. And I don't know, to me, like, obvious, it's this is super entertaining to watch. Like, as someone who's like unbiased and doesn't really have an attachment to either player really like obviously I like I like both Braun and Kobe I think they're uh, both all-time greats and stuff but I mean it's just funny to me to see how like insecure both fan bases are and now that they're like like at the end of the day they're rooting for the common goal of the Lakers doing good I guess <laughs> it's just funny how they're just going at it when they're supposed to be like on the same team and together so so yeah so I mean I I this is this is mainly your deal um but I was kind of so I followed up on the a lot of the research stuff that you sent me um so I guess a lot of it's just going to be my kind of take on some of it um so like you said LeBron missed the free throws against the Spurs to lose, pretty much. If he hit one, yeah. they're going to double overtime. Um, he missed them both, and they lost. Now, this was after he hit a just a game-tying three from the parking lot. I mean, Yeah, he, it was too deep. With three seconds or, like, six seconds left, he pulls up from, like, eight feet behind the line. Um, it might be an exaggeration, but still, it was a good shot. Um, and then he goes on to miss the free throws, and of course, Twitter blows up. LeBron, like, basically with LeBron being the goat, it's like, that's a joke. Um, and so, of course, LeBron fans fire back with all the misses of Kobe and Jordan, and uh, probably every miss you could ever find. I, I'm, I'm sure that a LeBron fan went into it and yeah. determined just so he could have it on hand for for LeBron's next not-so-clutch moment. Um, uh, 
And so, I mean, I was I was reading through those threads, um, and I mean, pretty much it is back and forth. It it just goes, oh yeah, well, where's all Kobe's game winning shots? <laughs> and then it'll be back and forth, like LeBron's like a sixty eight percent free throw shooter, like blah 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 blah, all that. With the occasional, I want to give credit to these people. The occasional, come on, guys, he's part of the Laker fam now. We can't hate. There's there's a few of the you know the the nice kids the nice kids that want everybody to play well together, um, but I mean I don't <laughs> I don't know if I really see it happening. I so LeBron becoming a Laker, while any Lakers fan would be an idiot to say that they don't want that. On, like as a part of their franchise, I mean, like yeah, uh, yeah, I've seen Laker fans saying that they don't, they they don't want LeBron, but yeah, that's I, that's ridiculous. Like Lavar Ball's on. living living on their shoulder. If that <laughs> and Lavar even wanted him there, but I mean, I get, the only thing I can imagine is that if they think Lonzo is going to take off to just some superstar heights, because other than that, Lonzo and Brandon Ingram would all have would both have to vault into MVP candidates for you to not want LeBron James. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but so anybody that thinks LeBron on their team is a bad thing is an idiot, but there is, there is just a, I don't know what it was. I, so I, quite frankly, I, like, I'll just bold statement, say it out there. Kobe's not the goat. If, if, if anyone is the goat, I mean, rings aside, it's LeBron or Jordan, in my opinion. Um. But Kobe's not there, but it doesn't matter because in LA, Kobe is. Yeah. The in goat. LA, Kobe's the goat. Yeah. Yeah, and and I, I feel like we call, I feel like anybody <laughs> can agree on that. Yeah, um, and and to me, it's not because it's not necessarily because Kobe's a better player than LeBron. It it has it really has nothing to do with that, in my opinion. Um, Le, if LeBron spends another ten years here and wins four rings. Maybe LeBron's the Kobe goat. I, Kobe goat, but I, but it's it's irrelevant because it's it's not about how good LeBron and Kobe are. It's about what they've done for the franchises. And Kobe was a Lakers like his whole career. I LeBron just signed. That's so stupid that you would say that LeBron is the Laker goat. I, like you could say, man, LeBron might be the best player to put on a Lakers uniform. Okay. That's about all yeah, you can I say. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot tell me he's the Laker goat. I'm sorry. I, just the blatant disrespect to all the legends that put on that uniform. Kareem, Magic, Kobe. I, <laughs> like, pump the brakes. Um, but, I mean, as far as, like, the beef, it's... The more the Lakers struggle, the more it's going to be brought up. The more Kobe diehards are going to roast LeBron, and the more... LeBron diehards are gonna fire back with gifts if Kobe fails. <laughs> yeah, uh, touching on that real quick, um, like the more the more the Lakers struggle, like you said, the Kobe diehards are gonna be on LeBron. But once the Lakers have like any sort of success, like whether it be just making the playoffs, the, the LeBron stands are definitely gonna be they're gonna be on the on on the case, dude. <laughs> they're, gonna, they're gonna be saying. Kobe never made the playoffs with this type of roster, st- stuff like that. <laughs> like, like I don't know. I'm ready. I'm ready for this, dude. Um, we're locked in for four years of this, <laughs> right? Um, it's 
it's gonna be super. It's I don't know. It's gonna be pure comedy. Just uh, just to uh, see it unfold on Twitter and stuff, dude. I mean, it is too because like you'd like to sit there and say, "Well, if LeBron takes him to the playoffs, like with this kind of young rebuilding roster, or she's even to the conference finals, like those Laker fans, like they're gonna, they'll come around." Like, but that's the thing is like I don't I don't think they will. I, nah, <laughs> until they get the, a ring, not the Kobe diehards, no. Until they get a ring. I don't think they'll even be a slight budge on the Kobe diehards. Um, and even a ring won't sway them from believing Kobe's the GOAT, but it'll probably make them want to fight less with the LeBron fans. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 not to stereotype Kobe fans, but I, I, I think that once you've decided Kobe's the GOAT, uh, you're kind of just locked in and you're hard head hard hat tunnel vision all i see is kobe <laughs> um kind of mindset so yeah that kind of sucks too because like i don't know like personally i try to be as unbiased as possible and stuff like i mean I, it's a little easier for me i guess since at least in the nba the kings my, my favorite team have been relevant really so i mean it's <laughs> there's nobody really for me to like latch on to and have like that connection that they're the goat but i mean i don't know like if if you're like a real basketball fan, it's hard to me, or it's hard for me to see like how you can't be as unbiased as possible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I, so I, I, I'm a Rockets fan. Obviously, Rockets are good. I'm obviously going to be biased about the Rockets when I talk about the Rockets. When I talk about James Harden, I am going to talk more about the good things that James Harden does than the five turnovers he averages a game or whatever. But um, but I I, I would say. I would say that, like, that being unbiased, and especially in a debate like this, is something that is really important to not just create a beef. And that is something both the LeBron fans, the LeBron stands, and the Kobe, Kobe stands just, it, they have no, no idea of, they're not going to be unbiased, and there's no chance no, they're they going to be unbiased. They are. So it's, it's just going to be a constant back and forth. I, probably for LeBron's whole entire Laker career. Yeah. No, it will be for sure. I mean, unless he miraculously wins a ring in each four of these years, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, it's they're going to be going back and forth. Then something that was funny to me, um, one of the videos I sent you, uh, or actually I don't know if I, if I, if I sent it to you, but um, it was uh, Michael Jordan missing two free throws against the Pistons in the playoffs that – a Laker fan posted, or a LeBron fan posted, and sure enough, he cuts it out right at the right at the moment where Jordan gets the offensive rebound and ends up hitting the game the game uh, winning shot or game tying. I don't remember if it was game tying or game winning, but of course he conveniently drops it out <laughs> so that it ends right there, right before he's going to get the rebound. And I don't know, it's just super funny to me. Like that just shows how insecure that both like both sides are that they'll go to those links to uh protect their um their idol i guess i, I mean, mean yeah so I, I guess yeah. from like the individual fan perspective yeah that's it's insecure but i guess if we want to take a positive from this lebron and kobe both have an incredibly large fan base yeah <laughs> just for yeah. them and so we have all our nba fans and then we have our kobe and lebron fans and right, good for kobe and lebron i mean it'll it helps make their brand, and at least they always know somebody's got their Twitter back. 
Yeah. And I mean, like, I, the funniest thing to me, I guess, is, like, at the end of the day, Kobe and LeBron don't care, honestly. Like, they really <laughs> don't really care whether, like, some random on Twitter thinks who who's better than who. Like, like they could they could really care less. Like, Kobe has his five rings. That's all he played his career for is to win rings. LeBron yeah. has accomplished all he's all he set out to accomplish on a business side and on the basketball side. So, like, they could really care less, honestly. So it's uh, that just adds an extra layer of just funniness to me that they could really care less at this point but yeah but the dedication is just 100 percent there for <laughs> both groups <laughs> um but yeah so yeah that'll be something fun to watch we'll probably check back in the next time lebron hits a clutch shot or misses a or misses yep misses sure. a clutch shot um but yeah um rockets are bad just a quick touch gotta say it i don't it's really freaking me out at this point where they're one and four, if not one and five now. Um, they got blown out by the Clippers last night. Um, saving graces, I guess, Chris Paul, James Harden, and Clint Capella have only played one and a half games together. Um, yeah, they won one, so. Yeah, so, I mean, that's your big three. The di- <laughs> yeah, the dialogue of uh, the big three being unstoppable is still there, so. Yeah, so. That's good, at least. Yeah, so. I mean, I guess that's what I'm hoping for, is James Harden's hamstring to get healthy and Jimmy Butler to be in a Rockets uniform. Yeah, not for uh, four first-rounders, though. Maybe that's something we talk about next week, if he hasn't been traded, but doesn't look like Bibbs is going to. Um, But yeah, anyway, this was episode 10, guys. Um, Not too much shorter than our normal episodes, but uh, we saved y'all 10 minutes, so hopefully it gets a little faster. Thanks for tuning in. Yep, I'm Evergent, as always. I guess. I'm Big Red, I guess. And uh, we'll see you next week, hopefully. <laughs> Alright.